Here is evangelist Greg Fritz ministering on Revival and Prayer, Part 3. Listen, if there's one thing that is above and beyond all others right now that you could put your finger on and say that's a real problem in our modern church, it's a lack of prayer. People, God's people need to be praying. Give God something to work with. Amen. And, uh, and uh, you know, prayer is like an equal opportunity occupation. Did you know that your prayers are just as powerful as Billy Graham's prayers? You know why? Because Billy Graham goes to the Father in the name of Jesus, just like you do. Nobody goes to God in their own name. We all go in His name. And when we go to God in the name of Jesus, we have just as much influence as anybody else. And I tell you, God wants to know. He wants to know. What do you think about this generation? What, what do you want him to do? What do you see happening? What's, what's acceptable to you? God cares about what you think. Isn't that a powerful thought? When he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he went and visited who? Abraham. He just happened by Abraham's tent. And Abraham says, where are you going, Lord? Oh, I'm going down to Sodom. How many of you believe this was a divine setup? God knew exactly what he was doing. I'm going down to Sodom. Their, their wickedness has come up before me and I'm going to judge the city. And Abraham was... He was shocked. He was appalled. He said, wait just a, wait a minute. Now, don't get angry, but, but I, I got to ask you a question. You're a good God. You wouldn't destroy the righteous with the wicked, would you? I mean, far be it from you to destroy the righteous with the wicked. If there was 50 righteous, you, would you spare the city for the sake of 50 righteous? What did the Lord say? He said, sure, I, I sure. Why? Because that was his original intent, was to go by Abraham's tent and say, Abraham, here's how it is. Is that okay with you? Or do you want to add something to the equation? I don't want to do anything in world events until I get your approval first. How many of you believe God's visiting you right now? And we're all caught up in bills and, and politics and, and jobs and family and people and relationships. God wants to know, what do you think about the future of your nation? Are you satisfied? Would you like to see more? What do you want to see? And Abraham stayed with it, didn't he? He got him down to 10. And he was very apologetic. And I just snicker when I read it because that's exactly what God wanted. He wasn't put out by that. God was impressed that somebody that could relate to him cared about Sodom and Gomorrah. That, that he even cared about. I read one writer and he said, Abraham did more for Sodom and Gomorrah outside the city than Lot did for it in the city. And he got him down to 10. And God said, all right, I won't destroy it for the sake of ten. And Abraham, evidently, that was okay. He says, fine. You know, if there's not ten there, do what you got to do. That's all right with me. 
How many of you know God was right all along, but he got Abraham's input? Well, are you saying God's going to destroy Galveston? <laughs> yeah, in the tribulation he will. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that God's out to destroy this city. And I'm not saying God sent a hurricane here several years ago. I believe those things come from the devil. But I'll tell you what happens is that you can release God's mercy into situations where he's not been able to get in before. To me, that's the key to revival praying. We're not bossing God around. We're not trying to convince God to do something that he's reluctant to do at all. We're simply releasing God into areas that he didn't have the right to go into before. You have the right to do that because you live here. Because you're a citizen of the planet. You're, you're, you're a member of the kingdom of God. And so you can say, Father God, this city is Wicked before you. And they do things that are obviously not right. And they're proud of it. But I'm asking you. Amen. Have mercy on the souls of this city. Amen. Move upon them in your power by your spirit. Open their hearts and minds to the truth. Do things for them that you couldn't do otherwise. Do them because I'm asking you. Do it because you're a merciful God. Do it because I'm giving you an invitation. You see, God does not override anybody's will. And he won't allow the devil to override anybody's will. How many of you have ever had the devil get on you and try to influence you? Well, that's nothing compared to the Holy Spirit. When he gets turned loose on someone, he knows how to work and pull and draw and and assemble and strategize and reach a person. And he wants to. And he can't. I'm convinced he's got strategies. Divine strategies in store for cities and nations. And he's waiting for somebody to say, Father, have mercy on this city. Do it here like you did it then. Do it now, Father. Do it for these people. I won't take I won't take no for an answer. I won't give up. I'm praying this through. We don't know what all needs to be worked out in the spirit realm, but we do know we're the catalyst. We're the person that sets things into motion. We're the trigger. We're the ones that get in between God and man. And God said it in Ezekiel 22. I sought for a man among them that would that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge and make intercession for the land and I found none don't let that be said today he's still looking and you can be that person you can stand in that place and you can begin to invite almighty God to do things he's done throughout history now here amen it hits me and I get into this area over and over and over the story of Esther. You should read that story. Powerful story of the church and the Lord. And remember when Esther approached the king without invitation and he pointed the royal scepter and spared her life? And you remember what the king said? He says, what do you want, Queen Esther? And it'll be given to you up to half the kingdom. Well, our king went beyond that, didn't he? And if ever he was pointing the royal scepter at the church, it's today. Saying, what do you want, church? What do you want? It'll be given to you. 
You see, uh, the, the biggest, I think, hidden secret in the world today is this one. The church gets what the church wants. Always has. And we need to quit being the spoiled little brat we used to be. And we need to get on our face and start to pray for some things other than money and temporal things and begin to pray for nations and souls. Because we get what we want. We get what we want. The problem is we wanted the wrong things. Or we haven't enlarged our scope large enough to include some of the things that, that need to be done. And society slipping through our fingers. I don't intend to see that happen. So you can see why I'm so motivated right now. Because finally, after 25 years, I'm going to go do three nights a week. And it's, it's like I'm just so relieved on the inside. It's like now I'm not going to talk about it anymore. We're going to do something about it. And we're going to prove that things either works or it doesn't work. We're going to stir up devils and stir up angels and stir up God and stir up Satan. We're going to, we're going to get something stirred up somewhere and quit talking about it and get on our knees and start doing some things. Man, it just, just, just it, you know, it couldn't come soon enough for me. Yeah, it's going to be old time religion for me. I'm going to fast and pray, seek God, stay up late, get up early. I'm going to try all kinds of things. But, but the spirit of prayer is what we're looking for. You, you can't just, it's, it has to do with timing and the anointing. But the spirit of prayer, once it begins to take a hold, you can't do anything but pray. That's what you want to do. That's where you want to be. And, uh, and we need that. Uh, Charles Finney, he was the greatest revivalist possibly that's ever lived. And, uh, and he, he said that in any revival, you've got to have the spirit of prayer. It either needs to be on the leader or someone very close to the leader or the revival will wane. So the spirit of prayer is essential. The spirit of prayer is necessary. But you get that by, by the, the way you get anything. You just start stirring it up. Start feeding on it. All I'm doing here tonight is, is that. It's all I'm trying to do is just get you stirred up because you know what to do. You know God. You've been getting things from God for years. You know how it works. You know how to go to Him. You're no stranger. But you just need to begin to desire some bigger things and realize that you have the ability to change things. Big things. Hallelujah. And so uh, we, we, we can give ourselves more or less. And, and, and God knows, you know, God's smart. He knows that you, whatever season of life you're in, He knows how, much, how many hours you have to work, how many hours you have to spend with your family. He knows all that. We're not talking about you quitting your job and having to do this or else you're a failure. Take what disposable time you do have and use a portion of that for Him. The right portion. He doesn't want all your money. Well, how much does He want? That's between you and Him. You figure it out, but make sure you give it to Him. 
Well, he doesn't want all your time. Well, how much does he want? You figure that out with him. But I'm telling you, make some time for this. Get involved in it. Don't let it pass you by because it's going to happen. God's going to find some praying people somewhere. And you don't want to go to heaven when it's all over. And somebody say, were you part of that great revival in the end time? You go, no, I was too busy. <laughs> too busy for a move of God that's going to be eternal? No, I'm not too busy for that. That's why we're here. There's no other reason to live right now than to see God touch this generation. I want to see that. I want to be involved in it. I want to have a part. I don't know what kind of part, but I want a part. I want my part. I want to do my part. I want to be in my position so that, so that it doesn't pass me by. Praise God. So less people have known a lot less and been a whole lot less equipped than us and have brought these things to pass. So well, we have all the potential we need. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I, I don't know. I want to do something here, but I don't know what it is yet. But, but it wouldn't take much, you know, for the spirit of prayer to just fall on us right here. And, uh, and, and, and when, you, when it does, you, you, you give yourself to that. You give yourself to those desires and begin to pray. Pray big prayers. Charles Finney said he had experiences in prayer that alarmed him. He said he got so bold with God that things came out of his mouth and scared him. And so God likes that. He says, uh, come, let us reason together. Put me in remembrance. Tell me what I said. Let's come to an agreement here, like he and Abraham did. Hallelujah. And it wouldn't, take, it wouldn't be hard at all for you to build a case. Say, God, look, look at what I've seen on the news today. Look at all the, the de deterioration in our society. Look at all the godless people running things and all the wrong choices being made. You know, it just, it astounds me how bad people in Washington can actually lead. And, and I mean on all sides. They're spending money we don't have. We would go to jail for doing that. Yeah. And they get reelected for doing it. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. And spending. I mean, they can't even stay in a budget. I understand budgets. I don't know about big government and all that that they have to. But I do understand budgets because I was a youth pastor. You don't spend more than you make or you don't make it. But you know what? That's not the problem. It's not a money problem. It's a spiritual problem. So it's such a relief because I've watched this thing all these years like you have and I've just wrung my hands. It's such a relief to say, you know what? That, those are all symptoms. The problem is much deeper. It's a Jesus problem. It's a, a denial of him. And we need to bring him back into the national consciousness. Prayer, see, will, will set things in motion so that when things do happen, God can take fullest advantage of them. Nothing comes by surprise when you have it prayed out ahead of time. 
Amen. Stay tuned for part four.